care professionals often have to be comfortable facilitating and being part of difficult conversations. Sometimes when you're faced with this situation, it helps to get another perspective. The D.H. Leonard Consulting's Grant Writer in Your Pocket service is just for that. When you need a grant professional's opinion, no contract needed, and the conversation can be as short or as long as it takes to address your questions. Learn more at dhleonardconsulting.com. But first, a little throwback. When you need assistance. Call D.H. Leonard Consulting. Then you've got a grant writer in your pocket. And grant awards can go ka-ching. Hello there. I'm Kimberly Hayes-Demuga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you're listening to... The Fundraising Heyday Podcast. We're here to help you make sense of the complex world of grants and fundraising, including the how-tos, how to win more grants, how to find more donors, but also how to work together to change philanthropy for the better. Yep, that's right. And new episodes drop every two weeks. And they usually include cheesy sound effects and songs, because why not? Because that's what we do, y'all. That's what we do. (laughs) Just get ready. Here it comes. This podcast is brought to you by our Season 6 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Their team can help make grants less stressful by assisting you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, mock review, as well as providing numerous DIY resources, guides, and templates. Don't let grants stress you out. Did you know that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com. Check it out today. So hello, dear listeners. So good to have you join us here in podcast land. It truly is. And if you've been with us for a while, hello. Hi. Thank you so much. <laughs> if, if this is your first episode, hope you like it. Come on back. Um, if you want to get more and learn more about who we are and what we do, check out our new website, heydayservices.com. That's H-A-Y, a D-A-Y, services.com. And you can see what we're up to. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can download free things. You can even watch a free webinar on five free things this and free true. ways, rather, to find grants. Yep. Just saying. You can find all of our podcasts. There's nope, blog nope, posts. Nope. There's just all the things. So, check and, out. Oh, and you can sign up for our newsletter, Heyday Hot Takes. True. But enough about us, although it is a podcast starring us about us <laughs> and our thoughts and feelings. Um, today's topic is a worthy discussion. Yes. I happen to think all of our podcast episodes are worthy discussions, mm. but in particular. So Amanda and I are seeing uh, more organizations looking for assistance in grant writing because they, they seem to be coming out of the woodwork these days. It's, it's, it is odd. I would say, I would say definitely, Pre-pandemic versus now, I think there's demand is higher for all yeah. sorts of reasons, mm-hmm. all sorts of reasons. Um, and there are kind of two ways to approach this, which is what we're yeah. talking about today, right? Do you hire an employee, whether it's full-time or part-time, to really focus on grants, or do you hire a consultant? And what we want to do is just talk uh, through some pros and cons today yeah. and um help you on your way. Is that fair? I like it. Yep. And there are certainly pros and cons to each and there's no right or wrong way. And so we're just going to break it all down. We've got lists. We'll be referring to them. <laughs> Shocking. 
Shocking. In a shocking development, a grant professional has a list. (sighs) At least it's not a logic model. No. Preach. All right. I'm here for it. And for those of you who love logic models, good for you. Uh, (laughs) I'm glad there are people out there like you because um, we're going to be the ones I call when I need a logic model. (laughs) In truth, a logic model can be a great way. It could be a great decision-making tool, but that's not the tool we're using today. Okay. So if you're hiring an employee, again, you've decided "Mm, we either need to expand our team or we need to have a team because we might need some grants and you feel like there's a, and we'll talk a a little bit more about this later about when to know consultant Mm -hmm. versus employee, but um, there are a lot of advantages to hiring an employee and a few of them. And I'm going to be referring to my list here is um, they're going to be involved and in your work culture, in your office, whether you're, um, have an office on site or whether it's hybrid, whatever it is, they're going to be a part of an ongoing team. Um, and because of that, they're going to have access. Like when I was employee and you two, you had access to OneDrive or SharePoint or Basecamp or Asana, whatever they're using to track things. You're on it, you're in it, you're there, you're a credentialed employee. Um, and also it's easier to find people, right? Yeah. And by finding people, I don't mean necessarily who to have lunch with, although, you know, I'm all about relationship building at work, but to find um, your subject matter experts, right? Yes. It's going to be a lot easier. Even if you're on a big campus, it's going to be a lot easier for you to dial into your internal directory and find that person in that research area versus if you're a consultant and you're calling from an outside number mm-hmm. or your Gmail not dot whatever the institution is um and also i I, bringing in an employee can also um because of the nature of grants work and i would say in fundraising work too you're usually have an overview of all the different areas and programs of the organization right so you can not only sit there and get those grants out and do all that but the strategic thinking and planning and knowledge that goes into that kind of work can also make that employee a valuable part of the, of the strategic team. Yeah. Um, I just feel like that's something that's not recognized enough and it is a true advantage of having someone, or if you're helping to develop that person's leadership skills, they're going to come by the virtue of their work. They're going to develop things that they may not even be aware of in terms of that kind of knowledge and that kind of strategic thinking. I will speak for myself. That was certainly true for me. It took me a few years to recognize, oh, wait a minute. I do know a lot about every single department in this organization because it's my job. Yeah. And so when it comes to priorities and funding and programming and expansion efforts, what's fundable and what's not could be a valuable part of the discussion because of that. Yeah. Um, I've got a quick story here when, um, and I had been at the city for years, the city of Alpharetta when I worked there. Um, I, one day I was working on a grant. We were doing a, um, we had, a tra- it was a trail that we were fixing. I'm like, you've got, got trails, of- bridges, got roads, trails, traffic circles. No, we were, it was a trail we already had that was having some flooding issues. So we were mm-hmm. having to put it on, raise it up on a boardwalk so it could be used mm-hmm. more frequently. Um, but anyway, so I've been working on this grant and we had a shared printer on our floor that, you know, so, ah, yes. so I'm were you, wait a there. minute. Were you the only person that put paper in that machine? Um, 
I, do you know what I'm talking were, about? I do. There were about three of us that t- took care of it for the whole floor. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, 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 warning, sidebar. <laughs> God. It's like, or the printer. I'm like, yes. y'all, are these the same people that never replace paper towels or toilet paper in their own homes? Okay. Yes. They are. Just, okay. Sorry. Um, go Carry on. Carry yes. on. Carry on. But anyway, so as I'm going there, there's something else is printing. So I'm just kind of standing there waiting for my stuff. To <laughs> as you do. As you do. And I'm starting to look at what's coming out. And I was like, it was also graphs and charts and data. And so about that Ooh, time, my data. boss, you know, grants nerdy mm. stuff. Um, my gr- boss comes over and he's like, oh, hang on, let me get this stuff out of your way. And I was like, hey, I'm being nosy, but what you got going on there? And <laughs> This is what I love about you. Hey, and it's so non-threatening. Yeah. You're like, hey, what's going on? I see you got some graphs there. What's that about? Yeah, what you printing? People tell her everything. Yes. And uh, he was like, oh, well, it turns out, I didn't know this, but every three years, the city paid a consulting firm to come and do certain, they were telephone surveys and some other surveys to kind of get the pulse of the residents about, are we doing a good job? Are they satisfied? What are their most important priorities? In that particular year, they had chosen to focus on parks and rec stuff. What? And I was like, I'd like to see a copy of that if you don't mind. He's like, yeah, sure. Just bring it back to me when you're done trails and places to jog and bike and walk was the number one issue for residents. Why, were those asset mapping and need statement items that could be useful in a yes, grant? <gasps> there was so much stuff in there. What? And the only, even though I was pretty embedded in that organization and I, I knew a lot of things, the only reason I stumbled upon that was because I happened to be standing at the printer at the right time. And so there is some value to being inside an organization and bumping shoulders and talking and standing around water coolers with people. Cause it is kind of it's amazing. True. The things that you learn that it that are because, super helpful, but yes. you, you don't know what you don't, you didn't know. You and, didn't know to ask, Oh, by the way, is it time for the three year survey? And are they focusing on parks and rec this year? Yes. And why? And of course they were like, I'm sure they told parks and rec, but who would have thought to tell the grant person? So, um, so there is, there is some value to having as a consultant, I never would have known about that. I guarantee you, because why would they have even, but you might have known why I know you would know now to ask about it. I'm a lot. I'm like, Oh, send me all the stuff. Did y'all ever do a thing? Do you ever ask parents? Do you ever do this? But yeah, you would, it's much easier when you're embedded in that way in the Mm -hmm. organization. Um, also that brings up communication, another advantage, you know, you were able to, you were on the spot. You're able to, in your Amanda Day way, go, hey, what's this thing that I need right now? Um, <laughs> give it to me. Give it to me. Um, it's, it's much easier. when yeah. you, So that is that is an advantage. And they're also, you know, they're regular meetings, mm-hmm. whether they're, um, they're board meetings or leadership trains. There are other opportunities that, and as an employee embedded in the organization, you're able to participate in. And it just, yeah. it just sort of helps that overall knowledge. Yeah. So if there's a pro... There's going to be a con because, okay, I do not believe in astrology, really. That's just not my thing. Same. I am the only inanimate sign of the Zodiac, and I'm not sure how I feel about that as Libra. I'm like, the scales. Everybody's like, a lion. Oh, not a lion. Yeah, a lion. Leo, of course. Lion, Scorpio, the hunter. I'm like, hey there, how's it going? I'm some scales. (laughs) Um, But I do tend to want to do pros and cons around everything, so... Uh, take that as you will, but, um, um, there are going to be some cons or some disadvantages perhaps to, um, an employee, I guess, number one could possibly be 
cost yeah. because as if you're hiring someone, you're needing to bring them on and onboard them. And if they are full-time or whatever qualifies for benefits in your mm-hmm. department, you're going to be doing that. You're going to be paying for professional development, et cetera, et cetera. And I am not saying don't do that. Those are people deserve their yes. benefits and fair market value. Yes. It depends on how much your revenue projections, your realistic revenue projections, because we did a podcast episode about mm-hmm. that. Your realistic revenue projections could be about this employee, but also tempered with, you can't say in the first year, a grant employee will bring in their salary yeah. or they're fired. I guess you could say that, but huh, guess who's not applying to that job? Um so there's some extra costs. There are advantages, but there's some extra operational costs, yeah. right? Um, your may your budget may dictate that you would need to hire someone who is either transitioning to this field or just mm-hmm. developing their experience. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. We all had to start somewhere. We did. There it there may depending on the learning curve, you may need to budget more money in training opportunities mm-hmm. over the course. Or um, if you're a larger agency, then it could be you need to make sure that one of your other grant writers or other professionals is able to to coach and mentor mm-hmm. because there is if you've never written grants before, there's a steep there's there's a fairly steep learning curve, but they're transferable skills to make that um, better. I'm actually a big advocate for that because. Um, for just all kinds of reasons, trying to bring in younger people and more people of color into the grants field, just in general, it's recognizing someone with the talent, skills, and ambition and helping them grow into the job. And I'm not saying that only people of color need to grow into jobs. That's not true at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying being open to that in today's tight labor market could find, you could end up with someone who is really ready to go, ready to learn and can grow into a fabulous grant writer or fundraiser. So, so it's a pro and it's a con, right? Mm -hmm. But I think you should always be on the lookout for people whose talents you can nurture and grow um, no matter what level they are in terms of experience. Um, Anything I missed on that? Pros, cons, employees? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Sums it up pretty well. So, Let's flip to the other side then and talk pros and cons of hiring a consultant. Um, and to be fair, Kimberly and I have both been employees and have been in our consultants now. So we, to this we, day. we see, we see the both of both sides. Yeah. So we're not saying one over the other. Um, but as a consultant, um, I think the pro for that is, especially if you're only needing a little bit of grant work, like maybe only one or two big federal <clears> grants <throat> or maybe 10 smaller grants through foundations, you know, it might, it may be more affordable to hire a consultant rather than have a, an employee come on. Because even um, if you're like, wait, you, you're charging what amount as a retainer, it's probably still going to be cheaper depending on your work and the, yeah. and the contract or however you're working that it's probably still going to be cheaper to bring on someone who knows what they're doing to do that work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus, you might have a ton of funding you need, you know, if they're more than 20 or 30 grants you're projecting because you did your homework, not because you're just making stuff up because someone told you you need to raise money. Yep. But if you think that there's going to be a lot of work, you're probably going to be better off with employee, but a consultant can actually save you money depending on the workload. So it's just, yeah. it's forecasting. Yeah. It depends what you need. Yeah. Um, and another um, pro is chances are if you're hiring a consultant, you're getting somebody who's got some experience under their belt. It's, I'm not saying 
nobody opens a shop first off because it does happen. Okay. But the majority of consultants are going to have moved into that field because they've done the job, they've earned their chops, and now they're opening up their own shop, right? Um, or they're working so, with a larger, you may be working yes. with a larger firm that could have, um, um, back to that mentoring yes. thing, could have uh, 15, 25, 35 consultants, and there may be rates or things for you know yes. novice versus experience, or you may have novices getting mentored by more experienced mm-hmm. grant writers. So, there's lots of leeway, but doing your homework. Yes. You Got to do your homework. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely do your homework. And we'll talk I, a little bit about that. I later. am just so pointy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so pointy. Um, I would also say, as I'm looking at Amanda, that there are people who go into consulting. There's no, let me say this, because there's no universal licensure yeah no regulation to be, no and certainly state by state a lot of differences you i mean you there you have to do more in the state of georgia you have to pass much more in terms of like skills and accreditations and licenses uh-huh. um to um cut hair oh, or yeah. um which is you want someone with sharp scissors around your face to know what they're doing first of all but there's not the equivalent no. for consultants in the grants field. So just knowing that, knowing, yeah. doing your homework and figuring out who it is and what skills you need is, is key. Yeah. That's all. Um, if you're looking for help with just one particular type of grants, oh. like maybe you're like, I need HUD grants, Housing and Urban Development, or, or I need Department of Justice yes. grants. You know, or Department of Energy or those huge DOT grants. Yes. Um, chances are you can find a consultant who's an expert in that particular type of funding. Or so, that particular funding agency. Yes. Even. yes. Um, so that can be a, a, a bonus of hiring a consultant. Um, also, sometimes it's easier for a consultant to come in and get the job done, right? So even though if you've got an employee that's embedded in there and yes, they know all the things, but sometimes those as an employee, people don't believe what you're telling them because you're just, you're like, how many times have I been called in to, to, I'll be like, do you want me to come tell your board the things that they won't hear you say? Yes. And I'm a hundred percent. I'm like, y'all need to give cause it's this, it's your job to do that. And yeah. I mean, if someone was talking to me like that, I'd be like, excuse me. But they're like, Oh, yes. I mean, I'm very professional about yes. it, but it's because I'm an outsider. Yes. Um, it's there, there's a, there can be a certain level of interaction that you can have as a consultant. Yeah. That because it's more peer to peer. Well, and to me, it's not just grant consultants. It's I mean, I've seen it with engineers. I have seen it with strategic planning. Yes. And it's like you're like, um, I've been telling you that for 12 years. Why don't you believe me? But there's something about well, we've hired a consultant. They're an expert. Huh? And so suddenly they're the holy grail. So if you've got if you've got something <laughs> that you just need people to sit up and pay attention and get could the be, job done, could be that time. A consultant can help make that happen. Um, maybe you don't have space for a new employee. You could be that nonprofit that's like already busting at the seams and you're like, we don't have. Although you could, out of all, you're right. Yes. You're right. Out of all the members of your fundraising team, a grant writer might be the easiest to work from home. Absolutely. However, they would miss out on the Amanda Day special of looking at what's coming out on the printer and then finding exactly, information for a grant. Exactly. Um, so and sometimes there may be a quick, like, oh my gosh, this grant just came out. It's due in 30 days. Um, you're not going to be able to hire an employee and get them onboarded. Especially and, now. Yeah. 
it's going to be hard to have a consultant that can do it that quickly. But a consultant is more likely to be able to get that done quickly for you if they have opening on their calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, so for fast turnarounds, that may be the way to go. So that's Could some be. of the pros of hiring a consultant. And now the scales balance again. Back to our scales. Um, if you've got a lot of grant work to do, hiring a consultant is going to get expensive fast. Depending on how you ne- how the contract yes. is negotiated, whether yes. it's whether it's hourly project based or more of a retainer kind of yes. thing. So but even with a retainer, you're like, oh, but it's a set fee, but they're only going to give you so much work. So there could be, if you've got more grants that need to be done, then they're promising you 10 hours a week, then you're not going to get all those grants done. So unless you pay more money. <clears throat> yes. Um, if you really want a lot of FaceTime, that doesn't always happen with your consultants, right? It certainly so, doesn't happen with this consultant. That's no. why I'm consulting. <laughs> exactly. But I do believe in regular meetings with ongoing clients, usually weekly yes. meetings. Yes. At the very at the very other end of the scale, maybe one once a month. But really yeah. it's you will get FaceTime, but it's gonna be prescribed. Yes. Well, and it's very different. A, a consultant versus an employee is very different in the aspect of like you know, if you email me, I'm certainly going to get back to you. But if I'm in the middle of something else, I'm not beholden to you as a consultant, as someone, not that you're as an employee, you're beholden, but you're going to kind of, it's the expectation. You're pay a little more attention when it's your boss signing your paycheck than versus a consultant. Well, it also, you're, you're working with multiple clients. Whereas if you're an employee, then yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, just, it's a different expectation. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, with a consultant, you need to make sure you're reading the fine print um, because, you know, you may have these expectations of, well, they're just going to keep rewriting the grant until we get it the way we want it. And your consultant may be like, no, I'll give you a draft and you get one rewrite and then we're done. Um, and so if it's a if it's a project that has a lot of moving parts with an employee, you might be able to come back and fine tune and fine tune. Um, but with a consultant, depending on how they operate, that may not be an option, right? Like I know some consultants are like, I will give you one rewrite and that's it. I'm after that, you're on your own. And that varies. No, it varies, but I think that's actually how it works with most of my clients with that. But yeah, there, but also if you're working with a consultant who, that has more experience, which I think is leading into your next point. Yeah that's probably just going to be the norm because they're going to be able to synthesize that information. And they're, they're the subject matter expert on persuasive writing in a grant application mm-hmm. format. And it, there's not going to be that back and forth. Yeah. And that's not, a, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. No, it's just a thing. It's, just it's a thing. It yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, not all consultants are created equal. Not that all employees are either, but just, do your homework for hiring. I'm so making I'm that serious. face because it's like, yes, ma'am. Going back to anybody can put out their shingle and say they're a grant professional and that doesn't make it so just because they say so. Right? It does not. It does um, not. And one thing I will say, be wary of when it comes to consulting is um, it's not illegal to charge a percentage of the grants, but if you look at any it's not association, the Grant Professionals Association, the Association of Fundraising Professionals, they in, all consider, NGMA, I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, they all say that it is unethical to charge a percentage of the grant. And the re- big reason you don't want to do that is it doesn't always reflect the amount of work put into it, right? Um, I wrote the other day a $10,000 grant in one hour. And it was a darn good grant. And But it, the funder didn't ask for much. It was like a two-page proposal. And it's for a client I've worked for before. If I charged, you know, 10% of the grant... That's a thousand dollars for me to work for one hour. You know, that's, it's actually not 
it's interesting to me when, and I never, I don't take clients that do that for so many reasons. Yes. It's against the code of ethics, but it's also like, y'all, that's just bad business for you if you yes, do the math. Because if I, um, recently I worked with another uh, colleague on a grant, it was $25 million. My husband wanted so bad for me to get 10% of that. Well, yeah, he did. I know I'd be like, bye. We're on vacation <laughs> for three years. We are, yeah, there'll be, but um it's also telling me that they don't have the money in hand to pay yeah. for fee for service. It's like not even a copay, right? Like you go to your doctors and it's like, you got to pay a copay or whatever. But um, it tells me too, that there may not be a firm understanding of what's allowable and allocable when it comes to grant funding of all yeah. kinds, because if they don't have the operate, like, I mean, you pay your doctor, whether or not you get sicker. You yeah. pay an attorney. Now there are attorneys that like particularly personal injury attorneys that would work on a, we only get paid if you win your case. I understand that, but this is not a, um, it's not like a real estate. There's nothing wrong with real estate agents getting a percentage of the yeah. sale or something like that. But this is, that's usually not how grant works. And more importantly, yes, it's an, it's against ethics of these organizations, but also Grant writing is not usually an allowable cost for a state or federal grant. No. So where's that money going? Let's say that you decided to take a chance. Um, I don't know why, but let's say you did. Where's that money going to come from? If they don't have that money now and they can't pull the money from that grant without um, misappropriating funds, how's that going to work out for yeah. you? That's the end of my sermonette, but I'm just like, <laughs> y'all think about it. It's, yeah. it's really, it's, it's not good business. And I, it, it, I, usually I'm open to hearing other points of view. I'm not on this. I would just like that to go okay. on record. I'm like, Probably I'm not, not here for it. Yeah. I'm not here for it. Um, so one thing I'm here for, in other words, is how do you make that choice? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the right path for your organization? Or if you're a consulting firm that specializes in fundraising, when do you, do you hire an employee? Do you hire a contractor? Whatever. It depends on what you need. So I would say, um, as Amanda said earlier, hire a consultant if there's just a handful of grants and you can have, a, or have a, like a retainer style um, agreement, which is, I'm speaking just for myself. That is my preferred way of working with an organization because I do very few one-offs just because I don't prefer to work that way. There's nothing wrong with it. I just prefer not to work that way. Um, so even having someone like me with, who's had a successful career of more than 25 years, generally a retainer could still be less than yeah. a full-time grant writer with 25 plus years of experience Absolutely. on, you know, as an employee, yeah. I'm just saying that um, quick turnaround. If you're an experienced consultant, and you're not standing, you're not sharing a printer that Amanda was talking about, and you're not at the water cooler. You can throw down and get some stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an introvert, I do enjoy throwing down in the privacy of my own office and getting things done. Um, so a faster turnaround. If you're trying to see if a full-fledged grants program is right for you, that also may be the way to go is to get a consultant. Um on a, maybe a year contract and see how it goes. Yeah. Well, and that's what, um, so the firm I work for right now, Dickerson Baker, that's most of their clients. They either what they call full slot or half slot clients. Mm-hmm. It's a monthly retainer based fee and you're, you know, you get so many hours of yep. consulting work. Um, 
And, but the whole idea is we help get your started and, but not only are we helping to write grants for you, we're also helping if you need um, to develop policies and procedures yep. for your grant processes, if gift you're acceptance. Trying, hmm. If you've got people on staff that are dabbling in grants that need coaching, um, those are that's time can be spent doing that too. Um, and the whole idea is, you know, let us come and work with you for a year, two years, three years, however long you need to get your model set up. And then, then now you've got three years worth of grant proposal yep. examples, um, policies, procedures, all these things. So, and you've got staff that have been coached. And then they're ready to take over. Um, that is, is a great is a model. Great, that's that's how they operate. And I, I've seen it be very successful um, for many clients. That they And I've only been there a little over a year now. And it's amazing what that has been able to have. In fact, we've had one uh, client that ended up, we were, we were so successful in helping them get grants. They got so many grants that they were like, we need we need to now implement all of this stuff that we now have money for and so it was like they're like we may be back and working with you again working yourself out of a job yes but i mean but that's a consultant really you don't want the same consultant for 10 years later still there at that point it's like they're an employee they're an employee really but although there are consultants who have long-term relationships with their clients and that works for them yes i mean so there but i would also say um, that is like one of my ideal as a consultant. That's one of the things that I love to do is build capacity. Yeah. I love to work myself out of a job and I'm real clear about mm-hmm. that, um, with clients that I would I'd love. I, I always advocate for that. Are there people that you want to bring up in your organization? Why not? Why not do that? Not yeah. for all those reasons, but also in today's um, hiring market, it just makes more sense to do that. So yeah. anyway. Um, so the reverse side of that, hire an employee if you want lots of grants with the caution that you may want to hire a consultant to figure out, are there a lot of grants out there for your organization? Yes. Or have someone do, if you're not, if you don't have the experience, have someone do a good, I mean a good, not some laundry list that they paid for an online subscription and they ran it and they're like, here's the grants. Someone who could do you a prospect research package Mm. and help you understand it's almost like a grant feasibility is another way of looking at it a grant feasibility study to see how suited your organization may be um to have a grants program if it turns out it is a good fit and you may be looking at 20 to 90 or more i'm just saying grants a year then i would say the employee route would be the way to go Mm -hmm. um Also, as Amanda said, if you're starting to get in all the grants, I'm working with a client now and I help them get a lot of grants. I think you know who it is and they've done great work. And the other day, the ED was, I'm also working with them on a fund on fundraising as well. The ED was like, yeah, we can't work on grants anymore. I'm like, oh, contraire, (laughs) you need to manage the grants you've got, but you also have to build in your pipeline for next year. Maybe you don't even need any more grants in 2023 but you're, you know, we're, cause we're working on individual fundraising, right? Yeah. But you're going to need grants in 2024. And if you don't work on it at all, there's going to be a lean first half of the year. Yeah. But if they were able, they do actually, they do, they did bring on someone to help with grant management who is an employee and nice. serves as like an accounting bookkeeping and grant management. So it's a nice separation uh-huh. in certain ways. Um, 
And they also realized that they needed that kind of help to make sure they're spending down everything properly. Because, yeah. yeah, sometimes people are not great at spending down the grants, even yeah. when they really need the money. Yeah. But Well, and you can hire, there are consulting firms who do absolutely management and do it really, really well. And that's fine, but that's just, again, that's more, if you're still hiring a grant writer as a consultant, and now you're hiring grant management services. Something to think about. Again, at some point, you have to just start looking at what's, What's the biggest, what's the right return on investment for our spending? Is what That's you true. Out That's true. That's true. So um, the good news about all of this is there's really no right no. or wrong answer, right? So what works for one organization may be a different answer for another. What works for you this year may not be the answer for you next year. True. And that's fine. So it's okay to try things out and play around with different things. Um, I have a, um, a local city. I know I've never worked for this city before, but I know a lot of people who work there. Um, and they, with all the money that's been coming out lately on the federal side yep, of things, yep. they were like, we need in on this. What do you think? Um, and after talking to them, realizing they weren't just wanting to go for one or two grants, they were really, they're like, they wanted to build up their grant program. And so I was like, honestly, I think you need to hire an employee. Now, the thing about that was though, they knew it was going to take by the time they get the job description, they knew it was going to take several Six months, months, you know? And so what they ended up doing was hiring a consultant to keep them from missing opportunities. And they just worked with that consultant. And there may have even been a month or two overlap when they yep, finally yep, yep. got their person employed. There's nothing wrong with that either, you know, doing that hybrid. And heck, there may be times they bring that consultant back on when it's a busy season um, if their grant writer on staff can't handle it. So there's, there's, you know, again, you just need to figure out what works for you. But um, you need to figure it yes, out. Yes, you need to figure it out. And a lot of what what you end up doing probably depends on what type of organization you are, what size yep. of organization yep. you are, what your grant needs are, what your funding availability is. Um, and you also need to know that consultants work differently too. So it's not just, oh, I'm going to hire a consultant. Even if you decide to go that route, you've got to think about there are some consultants that charge by the hour. True that. Some charge by project. So True it's that. like, sure, it's X amount of dollars for every single federal grant I write for you. Um, some do a monthly retainer fee. and But even if it, uh, a monthly retainer, it's a set rate, which is nice, but it's not you don't get unlimited hours out of that, right? So Not on any retainer I've ever negotiated. No. So just know, know that. Um, and plus, the nice thing about having an employee is employees are usually an A to Z. They do it all, right? As an employee, I was creating maps. I'm building budgets. I am, I'm going to do, if, if it needed to happen for the grant to get out the door, either I figured it out or I found an. A I was just going to say, I maybe yes. didn't do all those things, but I knew where to go to get Within it done. And it was my responsibility to project manage all yes. of it as a part of the grant. Um, but I know some consultants, like I know a consultant that, she will not build a budget. She's like, I don't I have nothing to do with the budget section. That's on. I try. I will work with a client. Yeah. She's not talking about me in particular, yeah. but I'm like, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. You need to. I know some that refuses if, if attachments are required. They're like, I don't, I don't do those. That's all up to you. Um, some of them won't hit the submit button. Oh, they put that on. That's me. Yeah, I won't do it. That's a lot I won't of do consultants. It. There, but the reason, but the reason why is there needs. I want accountability. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I, I want clear communication and responsibility, and it's a mm-hmm. part of capacity building. I I won't do it. I have had my clients are like somebody was sick once, and they were like, "Oh, she's out. Could you?" And I'm like, "Well, let's do it together." Yeah. And I just got on a Zoom call because I'm just. It's a thing with me. Yeah, it's no, a there's thing. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Um, also, if you're doing federal grants, you've got to have your organization registered in same.gov and grants.gov, and you've got to have your unique entity identifier. There's a pain in the butt. Some consultants will walk you through and help. Some of them are like, that's you, you gotta do it on your own. Now I will walk clients through that and help them. But the reality is when issues crop up, I cannot, because I don't have your past. I don't want your past. This is why I don't do it. Yes. The, at the end of the day, when there's issues, they're still the ones having to call as much as I, I'm happy to help. I, I you, you can't do it all. Right. So that is a difference between an employee versus a consultant is knowing, you know, is it A to Z or is Fair. it, or is Fair. there certain things a consultant will not be responsible for? And it's up to that consultant there. I mean, the, the one who doesn't do budget, that's what she just, that's her. I want you to take responsibility for this is you build the budget. You know how much money you need. You know. Oh yeah. It's and, there. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm like, Hey, it needs to look like this. I can put in this much and you need to put in the rest. You do not want me. Yeah. Anyway. So. Thoughts and feelings. Anyway, so Moving just on. know that about consultants. It's not like, oh, hire a consultant. Problem solved. St- and even even if you have a consultant that will do all the, all things. the things, it's still going to take work on your part because... You have to answer questions. <laughs> yes. You've got to provide them with documentation. You've got to, you know, I, um, I have a client right now that um, there's a program I've written for them before, but every year... Numbers change on how many people sure, served numbers. Sure. It's a scholarship program they do. So things change about how many people apply, how many scholarships they give out, where these kids are attending school that get selected. So even though it's, you know, I, I know about the program and I can write about it every year, she's having to send me updated information. And that's just one of many programs yeah. I write for. So um, it is not a, oh, problem solved, no work for us. It's still is going to require work, whether you hire an employee or a consultant. So I just feel like that. there are lots of consultants and grant writers now that are nodding along. They're like, yes. yep, yep, preaching yep. on. So, so there, I, you know, there's not, it's not going to be one size fits all. Yes. When we talk about do your homework, um, if you are not in a position, if you're in a position in an organization that you're not the hiring person, this yeah. might be a great episode to pass on mm-hmm. little link, little linky wink here to the episode to kind of go, Hey, here's some things to consider and about doing your homework. It's about understanding what's reasonable, yeah. right. And yes. how to work. And also looking at a hybrid model that Amanda talked about before. I love that. I love going in and building a capacity help and within an organization so that I work myself out of that consulting contract. Um, Or there are others who may be, I work a colleague of ours works um, with an organization where there, she primarily does the grants, but there are people in the organization that work on it. And sometimes she brings in, sometimes she brings in me to come in and help out when there's a super, super busy season, you know? So it's like, there it's not a it's not a one size fits all but it's not an either or yeah just to let you know yep um if you're wondering okay this is all great but how on earth do i find a grant professional either as a consultant or as an employee no we got you we got you um if you're looking for a consultant the grant professionals association has a consultant directory just go to grantprofessionals.org and it's a list of their members right but it doesn't I would say it's a list to find a lot of people who identify as uh, grant consultants. There's not like a, you know, screen, there's not a consultant licensing exam where there's no. something up on your wall. So just know that. Yes. Do your homework just like anything else. Like ask about years of experience. 
talk to some of their other clients. Yep. 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 All those good things. Um, but grantprofessionals.org, if you go to tools and resources, that drop down menu, um, and then click find a consultant and you can pick them based on topic. Do you have to be a member to do that? Nope, anybody can. Seriously, I was, that's a serious yeah. question. No, you don't have to be a GPA. Okay. Anybody can find this list. Okay. Um, you can, you know, if you're like, I need someone to help with corporate grants, that's one of the keywords. Fair. You can you can also look on location because if you're like, I'd actually like somebody. Who I'm, could come into the I'm office. in St. Louis, Missouri. I want someone local to St. Louis because I want them to actually come to our staff meetings once a month if possible. Yeah. Okay. And you can find somebody locally. Um, so that's one way. Um, you can also, you know, grant groups on LinkedIn, consultants post in social media all the time. So that's and again, way. it's, you know, doing your homework, yeah, seeing who you're dealing with, thinking mm-hmm. about your needs, asking the questions. Yep. See who's sponsoring different grant related webinars, podcasts, maybe. I'm just going to say DH Leonard Consulting. That's a really lovely consulting firm. <laughs> I'm just saying. And not just because they've sponsored the podcast. Because they're really awesome. They, they're they've brought in some money yep. for their clients. They yep. do a really good job. Yep. Um, if you're looking for an employee, obviously you can place ads. You know, you're, where, I'd say locally, wherever, you know, like um, here in Georgia, if you're looking for a local government, there's through the Georgia Municipal Oh, yeah, right, right, right. They have right. their own listing. That makes sense. But also, um, indeed, um the Grant Professionals Association. Is there one? Oops, is there one work for good? Is that still? I think so. Work for good, maybe. Yeah. The, uh, but just think about where nonprofit, wherever, what type of agency you are, wherever you post any type of job, post that. Um, also, um, with the Grant Professionals Association, if there's a local chapter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, reach out to mm-hmm. them and let them know about it. I know our Georgia chapter. Every meeting, they'll announce they'll talk about- job openings. And if there's a AFP meeting in your yes. area. I know the Atlanta AFP meetings, they also mm-hmm. um, have a, a section for job announcements. So, yeah. I mean, it could be. so lots of ways to get the word out there. So I think however you go about it, um, whatever organization, whatever clients you're working for, I just, um, we wanted to bring this today as just a topic of discussion to just sort of deepen the, the, the search on what is really the best fit. Mm-hmm. for the organization. And if you're a, if you're a grant pro now who's thinking about building or, or sees a need and can document the need to build your team, those are the same kinds of arguments or, or um, discussions to have, you know, to present your case is looking at some of these things, yeah. revenue projections, advantages of an employee versus a consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are send, if you're a person who is working at a nonprofit and has never had grant program before. We hope that this was something that could also help you down that road to just find the right fit. Yeah. And one thing I will say too, is whether you're hiring a consultant or a um, employee, um, consider adding um, uh, that someone with a GPC is preferred as part of your job. um, That's a grant professional certified. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can only hire a GPC because I mean, there's only about, there's a little over 400 of us across well, we even have some international ones now too. That's around but, the world. Yeah. So not everybody's going to have their GPC, but if you're like, how do I know this person has some minimum requirements? Well, to have the GPC, you have to have been in the field for, is it three or five years? I can't remember. We're going to say three to five years because yes. we've had our um, GPCs since like 2008 and yes. we are 
a little fuzzy on the yes, details. Yes, it's been a while since we had to do that initial application. Um, but you know, they're going to have a minimum experience. They had to have passed a, you know, an exam, which includes a writing component. Yep. Um, and so that is one way you can um, help determine some experience. But again, not required. I know plenty of very successful grant professionals without their GPC. Um, but it could be but, a good place to start. Yeah. So, so um, whatever, wherever that takes you, uh, we wish you good luck in your search. As always, we are so glad that you chose to listen to us, whether it's your first time or you've been with us since 2018, because we're in our sixth season now in 2023. Um, what would, if you are enjoying this and we are delighted to be able to, through sponsorship, bring this to you for free, if you could help spread the word by, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, go on and please leave uh, a review and rating on there. That would be fantastic. It helps us connect with other listeners. You may listen to us on Spotify, shooting a link to a friend or colleague or posting that link in your it. social media. Loving it. If you can't get enough of the heyday stuff, because really who could blame you really? We're just, we're just so cute and color coordinated. Um, you can visit our new website, heyday services, H A Y D A Y services.com. Mm -hmm. We got freebies. We got free webinars. We got the go, no go grant decision-making guide. We've also got our newsletter, Heyday Hot Takes, um, and we'll keep you abreast of what we're doing and also trends and issues that believe it or not, we'll have thoughts and feelings and opinions on <laughs> shocking. I know. So, um, thanks again and please stay in touch. Thank you again to our season six sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website, dhleonardconsulting.com, to download their latest resources today. We're so honored you chose to spend time with us today. Be sure to join us for our next episode. As always, we're covering an important topic. Oh, yeah. This time it's about how to get your seat at the leadership table. Come on, leadership table. Important stuff. See y'all. Bye.